The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. We are loved in the heart of the goddess. We are loved, we are loved, we are loved. What in your life needs to heal? Is it something in your body? Is it in your thoughts or your feelings? Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show with your host, Dr. Susan Allison. Our program will present healing methods and ideas to help you change the challenging parts of your life and support the people who mean the most to you. Now, here is Dr. Susan Allison. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Empowered Healer Show. I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I'm so glad you're here. The show today is a powerful one. And it may bring up feelings for many of you. I know the topic of why dads leave brings up a lot of emotions for me. My own father was one of the 90% of dads who are not present emotionally. And the father of my two adult children traveled at least three months a year. And when he was home, it felt like he was always working. So I have experienced living with two disappearing dads. And I know many of you uh, in your lives, your own dads physically left your family or perhaps your husband left. And you also have experienced this, um, what our guest today will call an epidemic. I see this so often in my therapy practice and I am so grateful that our guest today, Dr. Jack Travis, can help us understand why dads leave and what we can do about it. Jack contributed to his wife Maren Callender's book entitled, why Dads Leave, Insights and Resources for When Partners Become Parents. Today, Jack will address this challenging issue and share his project, which he calls Dad Lib, to raise consciousness and provide a rite of passage for fathers, liberating them from old automatic patterns of relating. Dr. Travis will share his personal stories from his own fathering and talk about his, the history and research related to absent fathers, we will also dialogue about the healing process and invite anyone to call into the show or email me with questions for Dr. Travis. You'll hear this during the breaks, but the call-in number for, for listeners is 866-472-5795, or you can email me at empoweredhealer at comcast.net, and I'll be checking my emails during the show. So I'd like to tell you a bit about Dr. Travis. Uh, he has many, many um, awards and also uh, credentials. Dr. Jack Travis is an MD, and he also is an MPH, and has become one of the leading figures in the wellness movement. He opened the first World uh, Wellness Center, the Wellness Resource Center in Mill Valley, and that's in California in 1975. His televised interview with Dan Rather on 60 Minutes in 1979 made him a national figure and began his multiple appearances in the national media. 
He earned his BA from the College of Worcester and a medical degree from Tufts University in 1979. Dr. Travis went on to earn a master's in public health degree at Johns Hopkins University in 1973. He is the author of the Wellness Workbook, the Wellness Inventory, and contributed to the book Why Dads Leave, Insights and Resources for When Partners Become Parents, written by his life partner, Marin Ockter. So, um, I would love to start, um, Jack, if I could, I'd love to start with the personal. I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Susan. Welcome. And um, I always start with with a more personal take, because uh, I'm interested in, so are my listeners, in, you know, what have been your experiences being a father and how they led you to this important work that you now do with dads? Yes, I'm glad to share that. Um, firstly, I want to say all those accomplishments that you listed were primarily to make up for the lack of connection that I had with my uh, own family of origin. And... Um, seeking the love that I saw my dad as a country doctor get from his patients. Mm-hmm. So I want to begin my, uh, my journey with a, a, a day, 1974, it was July 10th at Lake McGuntacook near Camden, Maine, when I made the hardest decision. I'd spent hours walking on the rocks in the harbor. I'd been married for seven years. I had a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. We were on vacation at a friend's cabin on an island and uh, had along um, a colleague, a feminist lawyer, friend of both of us, and it was hell. Vacations Mm. often bring up, uh, amplify the situation. Mm -hmm. And I decided that I just couldn't take it any longer. We'd been in therapy for two years and both become um, transactional analysis reparenting therapist, it had done wonders for increasing my self-awareness, but it also had done nothing to improve the reason that we were married, and it mm-hmm. was becoming clear that we just weren't meant to, to live with each other. It was just too painful. I had been suicidally depressed on several occasions and mm-hmm. <clears throat> just had to shift something. So in those days, you didn't get divorced in my family, so I had uh, gone ahead and had a child when it was put to me uh, three years earlier that let's have a baby or or else. Mm. But to back up, my story actually begins on January 11th, 1943 in Bluffton, Ohio, in the northwestern part of the state in a, a small town where my dad was a country doctor, where I was dragged by forceps out of my drugged mother's body. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> spent 10 days in the hospital nursery, which was standard in those days. Yep. Put on a four-hour bottle feeding schedule. She tried to nurse but couldn't. And circumcised, which is uh, another huge area of trauma for most American men that they're completely unaware of. Mm-hmm. These are what I would consider the standard 1940s normative abuse. Both um, yep. left to sleep alone in a crib. Um I screamed after three hours because I was hungry. My mother hated listening to me, but she had to follow Dr. Spock, and that was the way it was. So I spent the last almost 70 years recovering from the choices I made in those hours alone in the nursery listening to the other um, babies scream. There was a baby boom in Bluffton. I think there were 10 of us in the nursery in this 19-bed hospital. 
and uh, I didn't meet the others until I got to first grade uh, six years later, but at some level we must have all uh, felt each other lying there screaming and uh, wanting our mommies and being uh, subjected to this normative abuse. Yep. So what this does is lead to what I call male postpartum abandonment syndrome or impasse, spelled M-P-A-S, and it's our wounding, I believe, that leads to our gifts. I mm. certainly wouldn't have written the wellness workbook or done any of this if I'd had a, quotes normal childhood, if, if there's mm-hmm. such a thing. <laughs> if there is, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the idealized picture. I think there are, for a few uh, non-industrialized peaceful tribes that are <laughs> near extinction <laughs> in the rainforest <laughs> of, uh, of Venezuela yeah, where Gene yeah. Wolfoff researched the continuum concept, which changed my whole career and life. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, back to my story. I've actually got some photographs that I like to show when they're uh, when I'm doing this live, but I put them on a web page. So if anyone listening in has access to the web, you can go to tinyurl.com slash dadlib, D-A-D-L-I-B, and then the number nine. That's tiny, uh, T-I-N-Y, U-R-L, uh, dot com slash dadlib and then the number nine and that should bring up a page of about 15 photos with little captions and I'm going to uh, refer to them if you can see them otherwise I'll give you a, a very brief description but the very first one there um, what I normally do is ask people to look at it. It's, it's a picture of a mother and a baby mm-hmm. uh, in arms looking at each other. And the, the caption is, what do you see? Are they connected or not? And uh, not knowing how many of you can type fast enough and uh, have computers and can see it, uh, if you study it, uh, what I've heard over the years as I've presented this is people think that, uh, her eyes are closed. Actually, she's looking down with her head tipped back. Some people think they're really connected. Others don't. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know because I was there, that's me and my mom. I found wow. this photo of my dad's, uh, uh, after my both my parents were dead, my sister was going through a collection of pictures he'd had as backup in his office in case the house burned down. And this is the only picture of me in my mother's arms. Mm. But... I was so I was thrilled, but I did recognize that I'm trying to draw uh, a sen- um, some feeling out of her, and she's looking very proud, which was her thing that she was so proud to have these three kids, but pretty distant. There wasn't a lot of warmth, and she was following the uh, the rules of 1940s child rearing. So, yep, that is a symbolic picture of what my early childhood was like. Uh, Photograph number two is actually a screenshot from a 29-second video or movie that my dad took where I was lying, I was three months old, lying on a table in bright sunlight because the color film in the 1940s wasn't very fast. And I would lift my head up and look around, I think searching for the breast that I never knew, and then give up and flop my head down. I do that four times. Mm. He spliced them together, and then I self-medicate by sucking my fingers. 
Yep. And that 29 seconds revealed my whole life script. When I saw it, I was shocked. Wow. So just all the effort to find what I, the missing connection that I learned about in lead loss, consumption, and attachment parenting, and then not finding it, uh, self-medicating, which for me was mainly work and depression. Yep. Um, picture number three is uh, me holding under a broom handle, just probably not even able to walk, just standing up. With this goofy look, my tongue sticking out. I love that look <laughs> of that goofy part of myself that I'm trying to uh, rec- uh, bring forth more. It was one of the few happy pictures in my baby book. Um, the next picture, number four, is me doing a, uh, uh, I don't know how to describe it. I got my head between my legs. I'm bent over looking at the camera, and I remember that picture being taken because I had learned to do tricks, and that got attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually consciously did that to get the attention, and then my dad took the picture. I'm in a playpen outdoors. Yep. The fifth picture is, I'm guessing I'm five or six, uh, looking pretty depressed, sitting in a chair that was in my room. And behind that depression was a lot of unexpressed anger, which... Mm-hmm. It's very to access. Yep. Um, this is a major step. One and a half, my sister was born. It's a picture of all three of us, my brother and sister and my dad, laughing me in the background, not looking pretty unhappy. Uh, I notice in a lot of the pictures around this era, I'm on my trike, which I think I bonded to. Yep. And it was and, also uh, an, es- an escape, too. Yeah, yeah, and no one looks too happy in that picture. <laughs> yep. Um, so um, that was my childhood in a in a brief uh, summary. Uh, my parents loved me. They did everything they could. They were doing the best they knew how to do, following the rules. Um, mm-hmm. And they were clueless that what they were doing was normative abuse and it would take many years to, to recover from my childhood. Yes. I learned a lot of lessons along the way. Yep. And uh, also I decided by age five I was going to be a doctor like my daddy when I grew up because his mm-hmm. patients would ask me that all the time. And yes. they'd come to the house and I'd go to the office with him sometimes. Uh, and uh, the next thing, though, is that in high school, I remember Mr. Geiger, my science teacher, asking me something about being depressed, and I didn't know what he was talking about, but mm. I still remember that moment. Mm. And obviously, he could see it, even though I didn't know what depression was. That was just the way I was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> At least he and, noticed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then in college, uh, we talked about being depressed a lot, uh, a small group of us, I my girlfriend uh, turned out to be bipolar and uh, was heavily drugged later on. As uh, She was the valedictorian, but bailed out of um, graduate school when she had a manic break. And yep. So I knew a lot about depression. Yes, you did. Um, they kept, and so my, ma- my medical de- degree was supposed to make it all better. Mm-hmm. And uh, they kept saying, you know, if I could just make it through. I hated med school. I, you know, mm. it wasn't my, I loved it electronics and um, mm-hmm. I considered engineering but that was kind of boring so instead I struggled through med school thinking it would all get better and when I 
and depression was a, a major factor along the way. Yes. I discovered it Je- didn't. And also getting married uh, in my second year of med school to my college girlfriend, uh, that didn't help much either. So No. No, we think it's we think it's going to, but it doesn't. We need to take a break, Jack, and we want want the okay. listeners to ho- hold on to where we are in the story, and we will be right back. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Change, the 7th Wave Channel, on the Voice America Network. We are held in the hands of the goddess. We are held, we are held, we are held. You are tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healer Show, and I'm here with Dr. Jack Travis who contributed to his wife Marin Callender's book, Why Dads Leave. And we are talking with him today about that very question, why do dads leave and what can we do about it? So, Jack, you were, you were finishing up your story, which was really showing your own childhood and, and where you, know, you had this experience of not attaching with your mother and so on for people who are just tuning in. Yes, I'm laying the groundwork of disconnection, which is a massive issue in uh, American and uh, a lot of Anglo culture mm-hmm. uh, that we don't even recognize and That's how right. that leads to male postpartum abandonment syndrome or MPAS, M-P-A-S, which I'm going to illustrate from my two experiences of it uh, with the birth of both daughters. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll pick up the story there and those who are uh, uh, watching or looking at the photos that... Uh, tinyurl.com slash dadlib9, the number nine. Uh, I'm up to photo number seven, which was when my first daughter was born in 1972. And there's a picture of her nursing at the breast. And it was amazing seeing this little being uh, actually being breastfed. And um, um, I have not known about that. We've done natural uh, childbirth, and although it was in a hospital, um, 
I was present. Uh, it's rare in Baltimore to do that, but being a doctor, the one hospital that allowed it, uh, it was a wonderful experience. And um, I bought a daughter picture of her on my feet while I'm taking a picture of her. Although, by 1973, you can see the picture number nine, uh, it's my brother surrounding my mother and then a big gap with my wife and my daughter standing off to the side of the picture, my daughter not looking too happy. I was pretty depressed at this point, and um, we weren't... Uh, getting along that well. We had been in therapy for six months and doing a lot of intense work on our own childhood issues and understanding all this stuff that led to my disconnection. Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know was that all this was being majorly triggered and I was withdrawing, going mm-hmm. more into work. Uh, actually, it was a very creative period of my life, I developed the illness wellness continuum and the uh, wellness inventory at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we divorced, as I said, uh, after I split that moment of my hardest decision in 1974 up in Lake Cook in Maine. Um, we, I moved out of the house. I struggled with uh, uh, finding myself. I was a virgin when I was married and uh, had no idea how to uh, you know, I, 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 had, I had missed my whole teenage years. Yeah. So um, it was also the period when I started the Wellness Resource Center mm-hmm. and uh, broke out on my own for the first time after 26 years of school. I was actually doing what I wanted to do, and I loved it. It's when I uh, mm-hmm. got on 60 Minutes and uh, traveled all over the country doing presentations in other parts of the world. But I burned out and then uh, met a woman from Australia who came to our last seminar, Marin. Uh, we were shortly married and uh, lived in Costa Rica in, a, in the mountains mm. of Monteverde in a Quaker settlement. It was wonderful. Back to the land, the, mm. the whole uh, simple life that I'd longed for after being in the fast lane. Then I read the continuum concept after well, we came back from Costa Rica to the States. We were doing work. Uh, she got involved in feminist spirituality, and I learned about patriarchy and the partnership model. This was just before Chalice and the Blade came out, and I saw that wellness was really a partnership model, and we worked with helping professionals, helping them move from domination to partnership. Mm-hmm. When the continuum concept was pushed upon me by one of our board members, I finally read it, got depressed for two weeks because I realized what I had missed, and then realized that, wow, all of this estrangement that leads to the dominator model is not the human condition. It's an artifact from the way we raise kids. Mm-hmm. And Leadloff's book then led Bill Sears, Martha Sears, to write uh, on attachment parenting, which is basically just treating kids like mammals, sleeping with mm-hmm. them, carrying them on your body, mm-hmm. nursing them, um, you know, like every other mammal does, instead yep. of isolating the way we do. So we decided to have a child, even though we had never intended to. And in 1993, picture number 10, my uh, second daughter was born. 21 years, 21 days, and almost 21 hours later. Wow. It was at home on 40 acres in Mendocino County, seven miles from the power grid. We were uh, solar-powered in a birthing tub with a midwife. 
Mm. It was a wonderful experience, and uh, this picture shows me bonding with my daughter uh, the next morning. But by mm. the next year, this family portrait, number 11, you can see my eyes are kind of squinty. I'm forcing a smile, but I'm fading away. And the next year, the picture number 12, I'm looking pretty remote, and I was very depressed for a longer period than I remember ever having before. Mm -hmm. All the while, loving having this little girl and the whole beauty of of, um, bringing a daughter into the world and being with her, it was still triggering all of my own unmet needs. And Mm -hmm. I was naive to think that uh, they could be so easily handled. Mm -hmm. Uh, The last picture, number 13, is with both daughters and my first granddaughter. There's actually two of them now, and I have to update that picture. Mm. But I'm uh, connecting with these little girls, they're three and six now, and healing a lot of my own uh, inability to uh, um, connect, which Mm -hmm. has been a lifelong process. Mm -hmm. So that is my history. Um, Mm -hmm. Quite a journey. Yes. Um, And as I said, our gifts come out of our wounds and... What I discovered by 1997 was this phenomenon, um, later named male postpartum abandonment syndrome. I wrote a couple of articles that were published called Why Men Leave. And then Marin and I started working on this book at Dean Bell's suggestion. We spent six years on it, and uh, uh, Marin did most of the writing and um, the research. So... It has her name as the primary author, though it's been my idea and uh, passion to get across to people just how disconnected we are because of the way we raise babies and how easily preventable it is by changing the way we raise babies. Although, now I say easy, yes and no, because we still need the village. It takes 3.87 adults per infant to adequately meet their needs, so do the math of a nuclear family. Yep. And... Even though we had my mother-in-law and my sister-in-law and about 3.87 pairs of arms, uh, it's still a struggle because mm. we need a village and we've destroyed that village. It's not the man's fault that he leaves or the woman's fault. It's the culture that has destroyed the infrastructure it takes to raise kids. Mm-hmm. So that is crucial to the whole undertaking of our human species. Yes. A man named James Prescott at NIH developed um, the research that supports attachment parenting, got fired because suggesting that women stay home with their babies in the 70s was not very PC, but he mm-hmm. coined the term somatosensory affectional deprivation syndrome, big mouthful, SSAD, mm-hmm. but that it leads to depression, addiction, violence, which are the big three personal ones. I've added chronic illness, fundamentalism, materialism slash greed, and ecocide as they pretty much covers all the problems that we've got on the planet today. Mm-hmm. They're all based on our lack of connection. I, I think the currency of wellness is connection, and that connection begins at birth or even before in the womb. Mm-hmm. And by our very strange 1940s ideas of uh, scientifically being able to do it all better than nature, uh, we have created a massive problem for ourselves, and it's now spreading to cultures that should know better. 
they're emulating our um, yep. Northern European patterns. So Un- unfortunately, yes. Unfortunately, you know. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story. It was re- it's really important because people can then totally relate. And I want to suggest that people get this book. And you know, Jack was very modest because a lot of your um, insights and just your just your your very authentic sharing of your own experience is in the book, and I feel that men can really benefit from reading your story and reading what's happened to you in the book, which is called Why Dads Leave, and I can see why you spent six years writing it. It's full. It's so full of so much. So I'm encouraging my listeners to get a copy of this book. So. As I'm they one, go to yep, our, yep. our website, uh, whydadsleave.com, and order it from there, uh, they can actually read the first chapter for free and uh, Good. the resources. Awesome. And we'll mention that again later because I want people okay. to, to get it. I think it would be so helpful, to say the least. So in terms of, of your, your the whole concept of disappearing dads, your DDD, how serious do you feel this epidemic is? We don't. It's so serious that we don't even want to talk about it or have the actual statistics to extrapolate mm-hmm. a couple of studies that were done to even come up with the roughly 30% that we think are the men through three to four years. Of the 5% of check out emotionally, so it's, um, it's even harder. But we don't even have the data. No one bothered to track yep. how many months after a child is men leave. Mm-hmm. You all know lots of people who experience it yourself. Yep. But why aren't we talking about this? Why is it so um, taboo? In fact, when I try to talk about the book, you're an exception, Susan, that you want to talk about it. Most people run the other direction and <laughs> try to get coverage for a uh, in a newspaper or something, no way. It's um, it's not a popular subject. You know, what's interesting about saying that is that later in the book you talk about shame. You talk about men's shame. And I actually mm-hmm. think that that's one of the causes. It's one of the reasons people don't want to talk about the book or talk about this issue is that there yeah. is this, this pervading shame. Do you, what do you think? Oh, definitely. Jed Diamond is who we uh, paraphrase in that chapter and He's done some wonderful work on it, and his irritable male syndrome actually inspired me to name the male postpartum abandonment syndrome. So, yeah, it's it's tough for men to own their own stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Terrence Real has done the most work, I think, on that, and mm-hmm. uh, it's huge. It's just huge in this culture. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think there's also so much pressure on men. Um, I mean, just in terms of even abuse statistics and so on, there's so much pressure to uh, hold inside uh, anything that would would not appear manly, and mm-hmm. um, so I think that that's that's part of part of the issue also. So we do need to take another break, and we're going to be back with some of the solutions to this issue uh, when we come back, and we'll see you in a minute. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. 
You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, everyone, to the Empowered Healers Show. And I'm Dr. Susan Allison, and I am having a wonderful conversation with Jack Travis, who, with his wife, Marin Callender, wrote Why Dads Leave. And we're having a conversation about just that, and we've been talking about why they leave. And I'm hoping, um, Jack, in this segment, we can talk about what to do about it. Yes, that would be important. Well, I've been collecting effective methods for my own healing over the last 40 years, and many of them are listed in the book and on the website under the resources section. I began with reparenting and transactional analysis back in the 70s, which gave me some clues as to what was really going on and making the connection between childhood issues and and later adult Mm -hmm. struggles. since then, I've done just about every everything under the sun. Some were great, some were not. I'm still doing reevaluation counseling or co-counseling uh, mm-hmm. um, with a regular practice partner. We we just listen to each other at discharge. You get some basic training on how to listen and yes. uh, be with a person. Uh, that's been very useful, and I have some friends in Mendocino who inspired me with that. Uh, they're also described in the book. Um, there's uh, Susan Campbell's work, her book, Getting Real and Saying What's Real. She's in Sebastopol, and I love her dearly. She's uh, my mentor. Mm. She practices mm. what she preaches. That's what's so beautiful about her work. And um, whenever I get a chance, I go to her honesty salons at her house and get to mm. practice in real and uh, learning to differentiate between what I'm feeling and what my judgments are about what I'm feeling. Yes, what a great um, idea that she has a salon where people can come and, and do and practice being authentic. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I've I wish also, I lived live closer. I've also done uh, um, psychodrama groups and mm-hmm. uh, um, a gestalt group and um, NBC and Byron Katie's work. And just in the last couple of years, actually through <clears throat> our midwife for Siena, 
uh, Betty Adarius, and uh, who's no longer midwifing, but she's doing process coaching. It was developed by John Pateros in San Anselmo, and they have mm-hmm. a wonderful website, processcoaching.com. They've got all their information there free. They have weekly uh, courses that you can do online for free and coaches that can help you. It's the best synthesis of the many, many things I've done over the years that I've seen. I, I love their work, and I'm using it regularly, mainly to get in my body, back in my body. I've got a really good head, yep. but it's this body that uh, has been there to carry it around all these years, and now I'm realizing, hey, my body has a mind, but it's really my my whole being, not just my head. Exactly. And that has made you know, a huge difference. It's huge. You know, um, I don't know if you've heard of um, this. He has passed on, but a Hawaiian kahuna named Makua, who was um, Dr. Hank Wesselman's main teacher, who's an anthropologist that I'm friends with. He Makua said we actually have three souls. You know, we have a body soul a mental mind soul and a spirit soul but in this culture you know we we deify the mind you know the mind mm-hmm. you know is is where we focus you know from the neck up and i i love this this concept that we have three souls yeah i think therefore i am kind of set us on the wrong track there it sure did it sure did so keeping on the on the uh, track of of healing of how you know how people how people can heal this, how men can uh, really become incredible fathers, and, and I know in the book you say that the biggest help is if they've been fathered well. Um, but what if they haven't? Like, what what can men do? Well, I'd say that's about ninety five percent of us. Uh, yep. What yep. I've done is probably uh, more than most I would expect of most because I started yep. early. And yes, you did. When there weren't a lot of tools, there's a lot of stuff there. Much easier talking to a 32-year-old. No, I did it. I started. Mm-hmm. To know yourself, to look at your own history, what patterns may be there. And ideally, before you get married or certainly before you have a kid, because you're going to pick somebody who has all your shadow issues and going to trigger all your old stuff. You love them and you may hate them. Uh, we have our shadow issues, and if we don't recognize what they are... Now, oh, I didn't mention the Mankind Project. Uh, oh, yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, my husband is in that project. New, yes, uh, I've been fortunate to know the uh, one of the founders of it, Bill Kalt, who actually saw the original article I wrote in the newsletter and urged me to publish the journal article. And then, uh, so he's the godfather of it. And it's been published in the Man- in the uh, New Warriors Journal. Wonderful work for men. The 50,000 men around the world have been through the initiation process. And I go to a regular eye group whenever I can. It's called an integration group where you get to practice being real and doing this stuff. So, being able to recognize and then do something about your stuff, ideally, uh, consciously, uh, I'm launching a Project Dad Lib, I call it, Project Dad Lib, be with your babes, and the S's in parentheses indicate more than one, both your baby or babies and your your uh, partner who probably was a babe when you met her, but when she... Um, <laughs> 
as a baby, and this is the, the, the summation of empaths I realized I didn't put in the first segment. Yep. You've got these guys growing up who are disconnected, looking for the mommy they've never had. They've been mm-hmm. subjected to the normative abuse. If they're lucky, they find her and marry her, and they think everything's okay until she has a kid. Yep. And then they're plunged into their own wounding, usually completely outside their awareness. They take up any addictions they may have to substances, or in my case, workaholism. They get depressed. They get withdrawn. And they're struggling because they know something's wrong, but they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. And their partner is, is frustrated because they're checking out and distancing themselves. And it's a vicious cycle. I went through it both with my first daughter not knowing at all what was going on, and we separated. And Marin and I almost separated when Sienna was about three or four, and that's when I first wrote this article and got a clue of what was going on. So being able to recognize this stuff, ideally heading it off before it happens, but I'm I'm not kidding myself that very many men are going to pick this book up before they have a baby. It's more likely guys who've been through it and women who've been through it who will recognize it because I wouldn't have bought this book from, uh, I thought I had it all together. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a tough sell, but if we can mm-hmm. at least begin to heal our wounds, are deeply aware of them, then that's better than, uh, than nothing, and it's a starting place. So with Project Dad Lib, what I'm doing is traveling around the country, mm. working with colleagues. I did the first one in Ukiah with Betty, our midwife, uh, last month, and talking about this very thing and hoping, helping people in the local area to some kind of support group to have ongoing discussions with other men mm-hmm. to be able to facilitate their growth and just be be real with each other. It's very early in the stages. I have a website, dadlib.org, that isn't even, um, I've got it reserved, but it's nothing on it yet. Still mm. just getting started with it. But this is my approach to my dream of starting a grassroots project. I can't go out and preach and say, this is what you got to do, but I can facilitate other people, working with local people or people on the air like yourself who get it and who understand it and who Mm -hmm. can help me and lots of men and women create the kind of support we need to recreate the village. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, I I love what you say about raising uh, men's consciousness and also having rites of passage for them, which I know that the Mankind Project, they do a lot of experiential work in their... um, retreats and so forth. So, you know, I like the idea that you're going to have rites of passage for men to heal, you're letting go of the, their past conditioning and embracing and rebirthing this new new man. Yes. Well, birth itself is a rite of passage, especially for the woman, but it, I think dads need to see it also as a, a great divide that they're crossed over the, the pass on the top of the mountain range, and now they're in a whole new territory. And if they had had any clue before they got there, uh, it helps to, to be prepared to have some road maps. So mm-hmm. if you recognize birth is a rite of passage and then uh, uh, 
approach it from that standpoint, it'll make a big difference. Yeah, I also really like the part of the book when you talk about dads as primary caregivers and the fact that, you know, you ask, can they do it? And yes, you know, obviously they can. And then you ask, if they can, why aren't they doing it? So I wonder if you could talk about that a bit. Well, in some cases, uh, I know men who have been stay-at-home dads, their wife had a better job and yep. uh, earned more money or they were more um, um, suited for the, the nurturing role. Biologically, there isn't a lot of difference other than the fact that it's harder for us to breastfeed. You have to really take a lot of hormones if you want to do that, and it's been done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but um, there's uh, no biological difference in our ability to nurture if we get our oxytocin levels up. And that's something that men need to know, that it's more of a cultural difference than a biological difference. And mm-hmm. men do different things with babies. We like to throw them in the air and, and provide lots of excitement, whereas moms tend to be more cuddly and, though I sure love to cuddle my daughters. Um, mm-hmm. It's a a whole range of possibility that, that we have and being aware of it makes it a lot easier to do it. Yep. No, I think that you're absolutely right. And um, I have seen it in my own life. I'm, I'm married for a second time to a, an amazing man who is really the best father I've ever seen. And um, he has provided so much for my children, for his stepchildren, and they have made different choices in their lives just by having him as their stepfather. He has modeled mm. for them that this is this is truly what it what it's like to have a a father who is nurturing, who is is affectionate, who is attentive, who's a good listener, who is fun, you know, who you know is adventurous. I mean, there's all kinds of things that he's done with his own children, his own two sons, and from my daughter and son. Um, so I do think that even though my children had a father that wasn't as nurturing, that it's they have been healed as as adult children uh, by my by the example of of my current husband. Wonderful! I want to meet this guy. I think you you would really get along. He's an amazing man. And um, so I think it's possible, you know, uh, for us to uh, change and to grow and to recover from uh, being infants and recover from our childhoods. So we need to take a break. Uh, We'll be back with Jack Travis and Why Dads Leave. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. Dr. Susan Allison is available online, by phone, and in person to help you heal whatever is no longer working in your life. You can go to her website at www.empoweredhealer.com or call her toll-free at 866-268-2121. Dr. Allison also has CDs and DVDs available on her website to empower you even more. You can listen to her voice guide you through meditations, visualizations, and exercises from her book, Empowered Healer. Her powerful book is available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Balboa Press, and from local bookstores. 
Begin today to gain the confidence, power, and ability to heal yourself. Visit EmpoweredHealer.com or call 866-268-2121. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. tuned in to the Empowered Healer Show with Dr. Susan Allison. If you wish to speak to Dr. Allison or her guests this week, please call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you can send an email to the Empowered Healer at Comcast.net. Now, back to the program. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to our final segment. And uh, we've covered a lot of material, and I have, still have probably 25 more questions. <laughs> so we might have to ha- ha- we might have to have you on another time, Jack, and maybe have you and Marin on uh, at the same time. Which I think I love having two guests. It's really quite it's a, it's more of a party where we can really, really dialogue. So we may have to do that because I do have a lot more questions. Before we do that, though, I want you to say your uh, your websites again and how to get your book and connect with you. Yes, the website is whydadsleaveallrundogether.com and shortly dadlib.org will be up uh, hopefully by the end of the week. I've just gotten that started and that's my project to get men together in groups, local groups around the country and also here in Australia. I forgot to mention, maybe people don't realize, I'm actually in Australia where it's uh, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. and uh, usually you can hear more birds in the background. People always comment about the bird life here, but um, I've been doing this work for, it grew out of my wellness work with individuals and then infant wellness, and now healing the wounds that cause male postpartum abandonment syndrome. So we've got to do it together. It's a group project to recreate the village. Absolutely. You know, I wanted to um, talk a bit about what you, you shared towards the end of the book about sequencing because I'm seeing my own daughter um, doing this with her fourth child in a way she did not do it before. And I wanted you to talk a bit about sequencing and why it's so beneficial for children. Well, basically, it means trying to not do everything at once, but sequence, having your career, taking a break, having your kids, being with your kids, and then when they've had enough of you, they're in school or whatever, then you go back to work. It's uh, I'm, I want it all, but not necessarily now. It's a, a simple concept uh, Arlene Cardoza, I think, is the author of the book. Uh, it's in the resources section. But uh, that's about all I could say. Just it makes sense to do things in sequence instead of in parallel. 
But I feel, you know, you've talked, we've talked about the pressures on men, and I'd like to speak a minute with you about the pressures on women, because, you know, I, I was one of the women and who, you know, we were trying to do it all, and some of it was the now movement. You know, there was like so much, I feel, I felt the pressure to raise, to have it all, to raise my children, to have a great job, be mm-hmm. success, be successful in every realm. Which means that I was not able to give a hundred percent in any of the areas, and mm-hmm. you know. So I think it'd be good to talk about that for a minute about the pressure on women to, um, you know, have careers, and sometimes it is a necessity financially, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's just, you know, societal uh, pressure or conditioning that makes us as women feel that we do need to do everything at the same time. Yes, uh, the uh, being all things to all people. Well, the interesting thing is people will go in debt to fund a college education, but they won't go in debt to fund the foundation of what it takes to get a good start, which means having a full-time caretaker that's really bonded to the child. And daycare centers with the high turnover rates and low uh, pay are not going to do that. Even a nanny, uh, if you had a, a, a nanny for four or five years, then your child will probably wind up being bonded to that nanny. It's a crucial and far more important than a college education to have that bonding and connection early in life. And it's worth going into debt for. It's just important. Without yep. that, you haven't got a, a solid foundation and everything else built on top of it is shaky. So the whole idea of women trying to become like men um, is probably a, a losing deal because we're different. We have different uh, skills and abilities, and they're, we're different but equal. But making those distinctions and realizing that the cutthroat business world isn't necessarily any healthier women for women than it is for men, uh, to be able to access all sides of our feminine and masculine and, and not uh, think you have to copy the, the way uh, the men, businessmen in the 50s and 60s did it. Yep, I agree with you. Um, and I do think I'm, I'm really hearing from women that they're, they're starting to get this, that, you know, it's the part of your book where you talk about sequencing and working at home or part-time and cooperative and communal arrangements and so on. You know, which is really in terms of what is going to benefit a child in the sense that we don't really live in villages. You know, how to create that village environment for a baby mm-hmm. and for, for children um, is to do just what we're talking about. Yes. I didn't mention that I've actually lived in five different intentional communities, and I've just moved into a, a, a budding one here in Byron Bay, uh, Australia, where I'll be part of the time when I'm in Australia. Intentional communities are the closest thing to a village. I did really have a village experience in the small town in Ohio before TV, and it changed mm-hmm. radically once TV yep. came in. It certainly wasn't the extended family tribal culture, but we we lived in separate houses and that sort of thing. But there was so much more of a sense of, of community. We had uh, uh, ice cream socials on Thursday nights. They blocked off Church Street and mm. downtown and set up tables and chairs and um, 
grilled or uh, uh, shredded chicken sandwiches and ice cream. It was wonderful. And I oh. But um, we can recreate that. And in the intentional communities, I lived at Shannon's Farm and outside of Charlottesville, Virginia, where I still have a lot of friends. It was wonderful for my daughter. She was four or five, and she could yep. run from house to house. So we didn't know where the mm-hmm. kids were. They were at somebody's house. And, oh, um, it's wonderful. We can recreate that. There's co-housing. There's all kinds of, of models yep. that we can recreate. And that's what I hope to foster traveling around this summer, um, doing these uh, dad lives. Um, gatherings and feeding local um, communities that will be able to recreate and bring back what was our birthright to be part of a tribe and a village. Yep, I agree. It's wonderful. I'm so glad you're doing this work. And um, we do need to um, close in a moment. And so I just want to thank you for being on the show, Jack. It was a pleasure. I hope I can... Jack at whydadsleave.com or Jack at dadlib.org. Either one works. That's wonderful. uh, I'm sure people will contact you. Thank you, Susan. It's been great. Okay. Thank you for being here. And to my listeners, as always, thank you for being here. And thank you for choosing to learn more about how to change and grow and to become the highest and the most conscious being possible. Speaking of transformation, I have a treat for you next week. We have one of the masters with us, Don Miguel Ruiz, author of The Four Agreements and Mastery of Love and lots of other books. I'm really thrilled to have him on the show. There's a press release out there that you can uh, see. If you just Google uh, my name or Google his, you'll find it. And until then, this is Dr. Susan Allison wishing you a nurturing week where you are parenting yourself with love. Thank you again for listening to the Empowered Healer Show. Please join your host, Dr. Susan Allison, again next Thursday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Until then, have an empowering and fulfilling week. We are held in the arms of the goddess. We are held, we are held.